As Peter continues his call for faithfulness in the midst of trials, he reminds the followers of Christ of their heavenly reward. Today on Drawing Near, we see that suffering for Christ glorifies God. As we seek to be encouraged by this letter, let's take our Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 as we prepare to study Rejoicing in Fiery Trials. As we prepare for our study, let's pray together. Our Father and our God, our Savior, our King, we thank you so much for the privilege that we have to study your word, to learn about you, to draw near to you, knowing that you will also draw near to us. We thank you for working in our hearts to bring about a faithfulness that honors and glorifies you. And I pray that as we study this letter, that you work in our thoughts, in our understandings and perceptions, that we may understand the point of suffering and the place of suffering in the believer's life. And that rather than run from it, we would embrace it and rejoice over it like your word teaches us. Guide and direct us in our study. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's begin by looking at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Peter, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, writes, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. So Peter is dealing with this suffering that these followers of Christ, who have been scattered abroad because of Jesus Christ, he's trying to help them to think rightly about this. He starts out by saying, Beloved. And we need to remember, the apostles loved those individuals they were writing to. They were writing to their fellow followers, their brothers and sisters in Christ, and there's a tenderness that goes with this encouragement. Peter doesn't want them to suffer. Peter doesn't want them to grieve over the hardships and the losses that they incur in this life for Jesus' sake. He loves them. But he's not just referring to them as his beloved, but the beloved of God. God loves his people. God loves his children. And we need to remember that. And when he allows us to suffer, he allows us to suffer as his beloved. There is a reward in our suffering. There is a blessing and a benefit in our suffering. We may not understand it, but we do have things to compare it to. Sometimes we have to do difficult things or suffer a little while for a long-term benefit. Many people deny themselves financially now in order to have financial prosperity later. So they sacrifice and they do without now to benefit later. Some do that with their health. Some exercise even when they don't want to. They watch what they eat even when they don't want to. They suffer with that for a long-term benefit. That's the way it is in Christ. There is a long-term benefit in suffering for Jesus like Jesus suffered. So Peter says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Suffering for Jesus Christ, enduring fiery trials in this life because we have followed Jesus Christ, is not strange. It's normal. They crucified Jesus. They denied him. They rejected their creator and their Messiah. So 
why should we think that being his followers should result in our acceptance? It's not. A servant is not greater than their Lord. If they hated Jesus, they'll hate us as well. The only way to avoid this is to not be identified with Jesus at all, to be a covert Christian. And that is not biblical, and it is not acceptable. We do not need to be ashamed of the gospel or of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this isn't strange. Verse 13 says, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. We are not to think this strange. We are not to grieve over this, but rather we are to rejoice. Why? Because we are being identified with Jesus. Our lifestyle, our testimony, our faith does align us with Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. And because of that, we are to rejoice. Jesus suffered for us, and it is a blessing to rejoice on his behalf. Now, we need to understand that. We need to think rightly about this. Peter goes on and says that we are to rejoice because when his glory is revealed, when he returns, we may also be glad with exceeding joy. When Jesus ultimately is glorified for all he has done on our behalf, we will stand before him as his trophies, as the proof that what he did was right, that it accomplished what he set forth to do. That gives us great joy, exceeding joy, to be a part of the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 14, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Being reproached for Jesus is evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, and the glory or the work of Jesus Christ and God is upon our lives. And we are blessed. In the second half of verse 14, we're told, On the part of those who reproach us, on their part, he is blasphemed. When they persecute us, when they cause us to endure fiery trials and suffering, they are blaspheming the name of Christ. They're really not attacking us. They're attacking Jesus through us. But on our part, Jesus is glorified. Then verse 15 comes back with a caution. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Verse 15 points out that when we suffer, it should be for righteousness' sake, for doing good in the eyes of God, not as a lawbreaker, a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody, a meddler in other people's matters. Isn't it amazing that over and over again in lists like this, we have these horrible things like murdering and stealing and being an evildoer, which is a very broad term, mixed with something that we wouldn't think would fit in this list. A busybody, a meddler, somebody who meddles in other people's business. We need to think about small sins. There are no small sins in the same way that we think of big sins. There are no small sins. Being a meddler in God's eyes is the same as being a murderer or a thief or an evildoer. Let not our suffering be because we are sinning. We need to pay attention to the small sins in our lives, those sins that we think are insignificant. 
because they're not insignificant at all. Verse 16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Our suffering as a believer should not bring shame like suffering for sin does, but rather it should be a cause of worship. Then we're told, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, our sins are judged. We will not be judged in eternity or in heaven. Our sins have been judged on the cross. And so when we are convicted of our sins and we realize that we are guilty, and then we repent and trust in Jesus, the judgment for our sins has already begun. It has already taken place. But for those who reject Jesus, what will the end of those people be? They do not obey the gospel of God. What will their end be? Verse 18, Now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner appear? We don't get into heaven by our good works. We get into heaven by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. What happens to the ungodly and the sinner, the one who rejects Jesus? Well, they die and go to hell. Their suffering is about to really begin. Our suffering is minuscule compared to what they will suffer for their sins. Everyone suffers because of sin. We suffer in our body fighting against sin. We suffer when we sin, although we don't want to. We suffer because we, as sinners, have aligned ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. The lost people suffer now in their sin. They suffer with their sin. Don't think that they don't. Their sin is not a pleasure trip. And then they will suffer for all eternity when we will experience eternal rejoicing and glory with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then finally in verse 19, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good. Those of us who suffer because God desires us to, because we're followers of Jesus, we need to commit ourselves to him to continue in doing good as to a faithful creator. We need to be faithful to the one who is always faithful to us, our creator and our God. I can't pass over this. Peter acknowledges in the New Testament, God is creator. We are created in his image and likeness. We owe him our life and our service because he is creator. He is king. He is God. He is father. He is our savior. Father in heaven, Thank you for permitting us to suffer as Jesus suffered for us. He suffered with sin for our sake. He came into this world, born of a virgin, and lived a sinless life, although he was tempted in every way just like we are, yet without sin. He suffered with sin and resisted. We suffer as sinners. Our suffering is balanced with the knowledge that we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and we suffer as he suffered. And we will be glorified as he is glorified in eternity. Thank you for this promise. Help us, Father, to resist sin in our lives and help us to rightly suffer for righteousness' sake. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.